time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom. This is a show where we plop down the living room for the Big Wolf cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And today, as part of our four-part Ghostbusters tribute, we watched Ghostbusters. But not the one you're thinking of, or even wanting, really. This is Filmation's Ghostbusters. With the monkey. Oh, yeah, and this is a, it's, we said it was a trilogy last week. It's not. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a quadrilogy. Is that a word? It quadrilogy? is a word. Yeah. Quadrilogy. Sweet. I thought yeah. I made it up, but I will, I'll take it. You did not. No, you did not coin that phrase, but yeah. you got it correct. Yeah. No, yeah, last week we said this was a trilogy. We were incorrect because there's actually two parts to the real Ghostbusters that we did not know about at the time. So instead, this will be a quadrilogy. So almost the entire month of April will be purely Ghostbusters. So for any Ghostbusters fans, great. For any Ghostbusters non-fans, I'm sorry. If you're a non-fan of Ghostbusters, I'm not sure you should be here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding, but you're wrong. So Filmation's Ghostbusters aired from September 1986 to December 1986. It was only one season, but it was 65 episodes, much like the last show that we watched, which is crazy, those 65-episode seasons. And this was produced by Filmation, uh, as the name kind of implies, and Tribute Entertainment. It was syndicated on multiple networks, and for a short synopsis, a squad of supernatural investigators are Earth's only defense against an evil ghost wizard and his minions. That says enough right there. No, they shouldn't have said an evil ghost wizard. They should have said an evil ghost robot. Well, he's an evil ghost robot wizard. Wizard, yeah. That was just, that's too much of a mouthful. They left the robot part out. But they, but it's misleading. They should have said it. Because he's <laughs> definitely a robot. So Chris, who are some characters in Filmation Ghostbusters? Um, so the characters of Jake Kong Jr. and Ghost Buggy Jr. Everyone is a junior in this. Wait, wait, wait. is cartoon. Ghost Buggy a junior? Yeah, Ghost Buggy is also a junior. Wow, okay, go on. I guess I should preface this with this was an actual live action TV show originally. And this cartoon is basically a spinoff of that featuring the children of the original characters and apparently the children of the car that they used to use. <laughs> so so lots of juniors. But anyway, Jake Con Jr. and Ghost Buggy Jr. voiced by Pat Fraley. He's been in tons and tons and tons and tons of cartoons, including... He was Krang from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And if you have been paying attention lately to cartoons or Ninja Turtles in general, you will know that the newer Ninja Turtles cartoon was bringing the original Ninja Turtles cast back for a crossover episode thing. But they also included Krang. And I watched a video online of them doing the voices and it was awesome. You can access that video by going to the uh, YouTube channel of Black Nerd, who is Andre. He is so much fun to watch. If you haven't discovered him already, you will thank me later. So look for Black Nerd or Black Nerd Andre. He went and met with them in person and filmed them doing the voices. And my God, was it cool. Oh, it's so cool. I'm so jealous. That's awesome. (sighs) 
But moving on, Eddie Spencer Jr. and the character of Brat Arat was voiced by Peter Cullen, Optimus Prime for those Transformers <laughs> fans, which I am a huge, 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 huge Transformers fan. So anytime I see Peter Cullen's name or Frank Welker for that matter, I get super excited. The character of Tracy the Gorilla, voiced by Lou Scheimer, who has been in like any cartoon from the 80s. I mean, th- you think about the big ones like He-Man, She-Ra, uh, Brave Star was another one. He was in all of these things. And a lot of these, a lot of these voice actors were in these kinds of cartoons, like the big cartoons of the 80s. That was like the bread and butter of this cast. So we also have the characters of Belfry and Jessica Ray with Susan Blue, who we have mentioned on this show before because she was the voice of Flim Flam from <laughs> 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, one of the most hated characters we have had on this show. Yay. <laughs> Joseph <laughs> texted me the other day and he's like, hey, did Belfry sound like Flim Flam to you? Yes, there is a very definite reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> We would rather remember her as R.C. from Transformers. She voiced R.C. back in the 80s. She voices R.C. in the present cartoons. So let's just pretend that Flim Flam doesn't exist. And then lastly, I have the, the character of Prime Evil, who is the main antagonist of the film, voiced by Alan Oppenheimer. And literally, you name a cartoon from the 80s, any any cartoon, just name one. Name one right now. He was in it. Look it up. Look it up on IMDb. He was there. He lived it. I dug around on the interweb seeking some interesting tidbits, aka marshmallows, about this show. And I really couldn't find a lot of trivia, but what I did find was, as you kind of mentioned earlier, this show is known as Filmation Ghostbusters and the original Ghostbusters because... When Columbia Pictures released Ghostbusters the movie in 84, it neglected the fact that Filmation had already produced a live-action 15-episode comedy series with that same name in 75. Filmation sued Columbia in 85, and as part of the out-of-court settlement, the cartoon based on the Columbia Pictures property could not simply be called Ghostbusters, and they proceeded to name their cartoon The Real Ghostbusters, which came out also this year, but a little bit later, to directly distinguish it from the Ghostbusters that we're talking about today. I like that the um, the other Ghostbusters franchise named it the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's like a punch in the Kinda, gut. Yeah, it, it was basically like an affront to this show in particular, like a slap in the face. Like, yeah, you guys call yourself the Ghostbusters, but we're the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, we can't use Ghostbusters. Okay, well, how about real Ghostbusters? Secondly, this show is an animated version and an indirect sequel to the 75 version. In fact... Tracy the Gorilla is the same character in both shows with the animated Jake Kong and Eddie Spencer being the sons of the live action Kong and Spencer who make guest appearances on this show. We actually see them in the first episode that we'll talk about a little bit later. And lastly, First Comics published a comic book miniseries in 87 based on the show, which is really surprising. And originally intended as a six issue series, even the comic series was cut short at only four issues. There were also a few toys. I think there were like 13 toys that came out of this show. And the toys actually looked pretty good. So I'm not going to fault them for that. And I might actually get some. If I can ever find Filmation Ghostbuster toys, I would probably grab them. Some of these characters, their names are stupid. (laughs) Okay. We'll talk about that in the first episode. Yeah. For reference, I'm going to rant about one of the characters' names. But Jake Kong, really? 
You, you got the monkey and you name it Tracy. Yeah. But you yeah. named the guy Kong. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? That's something I was confused about, too. It's like there was a huge monkey theme in this whole thing or a gorilla theme, I guess. I don't know. Do you have any memories of this show, Chris? Not really. In fact, I didn't know this show existed until not when we picked this episode, but when we first were planning this podcast, I went through tons and tons and tons and tons of cartoons, and I saw this one as one of them, and I was like, the fuck is this? (laughs) But anyway, that's the first time I realized that, and then I did some research just you know, spur of the moment just to find out what this was about. Because I was like, Ghostbusters, that does this have any tie to the Ghostbusters I know and love? And it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, I looked into it at that point, And uh, that's the only reason I know about this show before we did this episode. Yeah, for me, I thought the show, like, I knew about this show even when I was a kid. I had probably seen it on, like, a in, like, a discount bin or something uh, in a DVD. At Walmart. Like or, the, like, a VHS at that point. Yeah, I don't even know. But I thought the show was part of the movie Ghostbusters canon throughout my childhood. It was one of those things where I assumed that it was the original cartoon that the movies were loosely based on. And, man, was I wrong. But... How am I supposed to know as a kid? I couldn't do the research back then. I didn't have the internet. The internet didn't exist. What was I supposed to do? So, yeah, I didn't know about it. I mean, I knew about it, but I didn't know what it actually was until very recently when we started this podcast, just like you said. I had been curious to check it out, and now that we did, I'm really left with a lot of mixed feelings. This podcast has opened our eyes to so many cartoons. For better or for worse. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into the three episodes we watched for today's show. The very first episode, the highest rated episode, and finally, a random or listener chosen episode. The order may vary depending on how these episodes fall chronologically, but of course, we have to start with the very first episode being I'll Be a Son of a Ghostbuster, Season 1, Episode 1, where after being in prison for 100 years, Primeval gathers his troops and kidnaps Jake and Eddie Sr., Real quick, I'm going to give a rundown of this entire episode, and then me and Joseph are going to get into the stuff that we liked and didn't like, and go on our rants, because I have lots of rants. So basically, after several centuries, the super robot ghost named Primeval, he finds this magical chord to play on his keyboard. Super robot ghost wizard. Wizard. He He's playing his keyboard for centuries, and he finally finds the one chord... That magically will transport him to 1980s Earth, where he plans to gather all of the ghosts and all of the creatures of the night to help him take over the world. His first ghost, which is also a robot named Scared Stiff, gets stopped by the older Ghostbusters that we talked about, the live-action Ghostbusters. Gets stopped by them and their sons, who they are training to be the new Ghostbusters. And they seal Primeval away in a mine for a hundred years. They say, no one will find him for a hundred years. So exactly a one hundred years later, (laughs) a little bat pig thing named Belfry is looking for someone to play with. Because he's got no one to talk to or play with. And he hears this voice, and this voice is Primeval. Prime Evil tricks him into setting him free because Belfry thinks it's someone he could play with. And Prime Evil, while he's in captivity, also meets this new minion named Batarat, who has the best laugh I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> Basically, once he was released, had Batarat assemble a group of bad guys and, you know, ghosts and apparitions and creepy things 
they assemble and together they take over the 2080s. So 100 years after 1980, before they turn their sights on getting revenge on the Ghostbusters. So the two senior Ghostbusters are kidnapped by some of his minions. And then the two sons basically have to find them and save them. So they find an instruction manual that their parents apparently just didn't know about. And then these Ghostbusters use that to gear up and get ready to fight back. That was a good synopsis that covered the entire episode. So let's start talking about things about this episode. Okay, first for me, even from the get-go, playing the chords, and he had said, you know, he had been doing this for centuries, and all he was doing clearly was mashing chords. (laughs) If you couldn't... It's like like me playing Street Fighter. I'm just mashing buttons, man. (laughs) Yeah, but there's only so many chords you can play. Even if you're just mashing them, it's not like he's doing specific finger ones. Like To be fair, that keyboard stretched like all around him in a circle it's like if you guys ever watched uh space goes coast to coast like zorax keyboard yeah yeah yeah. that circle that goes all the way around that's basically what primeval is playing regardless like for (laughs) he's been doing this for centuries whatever okay he's no mozart (laughs) i mean clearly he's no floatzart that's for sure (laughs) i forgot that that creature existed we'll talk about them in a second okay so belfry voiced by susan blue the flim flam voice actress she just gets the worst parts like it's not her it's her parts he is essentially a bat piglet from winnie the pooh he has a red onesie he is pink (laughs) he has a pig nose it's like they just took piglet animation to just put bat features on him and that was it (laughs) And Primeval, he has static noises since he, it's not noises. It's like the last episode we watched, Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers, where the AI was making those computer noises that were obviously... Terrible noises. Yeah, they yeah. were obviously like voices where it's yeah. just like... That. <laughs> yeah. That was static. That was robot ghost wizard static. Oh, also Jake Kong Jr., his nose itches whenever there's a ghost okay, nearby. Hang on. We don't know that until the the third episode that we watched. So oh. the first episode... And we also incidentally watch the second episode and they do not explain that. It just, he starts wrinkling his nose like, uh, like the chick from Bewitched. Right. He's like, my nose is twitching. And I'm like, why? Why is your nose twitching, sir? But they did not talk about it for, I don't know how many episodes they didn't tell us why his nose would just twitch. So something else to point out about this episode and really every episode is so the the juniors, they get this book delivered to them mysteriously, I guess from the future yeah. it's delivered. Well, yeah, to them. And the thing I want to emphasize there is that they they even say that their dads never found this instruction manual. Yeah. So it clearly so wasn't the, their dads that sent it. Yeah. So the professional Ghostbusters didn't even get the instruction booklet. Or yeah. just didn't realize it was there. Maybe just decided they don't need instructions. I guess. So they were just, I don't I don't know what they were doing, but the new Ghostbusters get this instruction manual. They find this secret kind of ghost dimension that basically just changes their clothes. And it's not even that they have extravagant outfits. They essentially just put on kind of jumpsuits. And Jake looks like he's dressed like the Hitler youth. 
<laughs> like he's got that same brown uniform. He's just missing the swastika sash on his arm. So the ghost dimension takes them in, throws them up against walls and dresses them up across these conveyor belts. And that alone is a 45 second. I timed it. It's a 45 second segment that happens in every single episode. Every time they get changed, they go through that. And it's let's go ghostbusters they did in the second episode i'm like there's no way they do this every single one they're just reiterating it in the second episode you know because you know it's a new show yeah but no we get to episode like 24 and they're still doing the same crap the same (laughs) freaking scenes to i mean the maximum length they can go they're still doing it and not only that the freaking intro the introduction song the theme song And the animation that goes with it is one minute and 15 seconds on the dot. And they do it every episode, every single freaking episode. You have to sit through a minute and 15 seconds of the same crap you saw in the last episode. And on the title screen that comes after, I'm not including the title screen that tells you the name of the episode. There is a zombie head in the background that looks like it belongs on a pog. (laughs) For those that played Pogs back in the day. It's really weird. It's creepy. And it does not fit the vibe of anything else in this cartoon. Real quick before we jump on to the next episode. I want to mention all of Primeval's minions. Okay. Please do. So Ghostbusters headquarters is called the Ghost Command. Primeval's headquarters is called the Haunt Quarters, of course. And just to mention his minions real quick before we jump on to the next episode. We have Fangster, a werewolf from the future. Mysteria. Mistress of the Mist, Long John Scarecrow, Sailor of the Seven Galaxies. Get it? I get it. <laughs> Sir Trancelot, a bad knight to one and all. Apparitia, Spirit Sorceress Supreme. And then as kind of secondary characters, we have Floatzart, who is a musical maestro of fright. Also, he has a voice that sounds very much like Murderface. Yes. Yeah. We have Scared Stiff, who is a robot ghost. And you talked about him a little bit earlier. So that's what we have as the minions in this show. And Batarat. Oh, and Batarat, who is the annoying rat with the He's amazing so laugh. awesome. <laughs> I love Batarat. He's my favorite. And what's great about Batarat is that he moves by farting. Like it's fart noises <laughs> that propel him forward. Batarat doesn't give a crap about anything. <laughs> no, like he is the <laughs> he cares the least about what's going on. He has no agenda. He he's just, constantly laughing. Like yeah. <laughs> Batarat is on something. He's yeah. on drugs. He's high or something, and just every time Primeval <laughs> tells him to do something, he's just cracking up. Like yeah. this is the funniest thing ever. So yeah, so the Ghostbusters, like you said, go into the future to save their fathers to try to. It wraps us up to bring us into the next episode, which is Frights of the Round Table, season one, episode two, which is actually the highest rated episode where the Ghostbusters travel to the future to learn of an ancient stone tablet that has clues to their father's whereabouts. They don't even find their fathers in the first. That's what they said to do. They don't even find them. I guess this is uh, from what I can tell, I guess, at least at first, it's like the episodes are very consecutive, like one leads into the other. Yeah. Which a, a lot of cartoons, especially of this era, are very standalone. Yeah. Like one episode happens, it's erased, the <laughs> next episode happens. 
I thought this was interesting because this was the earliest cartoon that I've seen that had continuity. It, it was strange because it wasn't like a season one, episode one, part A and part B. It just jumped onto the next episode, different name altogether. And that's what was confusing to me at first, because typically in the ones that we watched before, that's what we see is part A, part B, and it's the same episode name. This one, yeah. entirely different episode, but it is a direct follow up. And it has to be because they haven't found their fathers yet. And in this one, yeah, they travel to the future. They have this portion of a tablet that just says your father's in the future or something like that. And they have to find the rest of it, I guess, to discover where their fathers are being held. So what happens is they travel to the future to 2080, where they know Primeval has taken over. Oh, because they can see it on their Skelevision, which is one one of the items in their household that happens to be kind of alive. It, yeah, in in a very Pee Wee's Playhouse esque way, it's like have, a possessed television that only shows the things they need to see. They have the Skelevision, and they have the Ansibone, which is their telephone that is also alive and doesn't like to let them answer the phone. But here's the thing: Tracy, the ape, created these. Yeah. So unless he's some kind of freaking witch doctor. I don't know how this ape just invented something that has its own like mind and life. Yeah, he's created these abominations. And made them out of bones. Like, who yeah. did this ape murder to create these things? Whose bones is he using? This did he dig up a- graves like Leonardo da Vinci style? <laughs> is he a secret genius? Or is he murdering people like freaking Planet of the Apes style? and making these creations and imbuing them with magic and technology. And how did this ape get so smart? I don't know. It's not explained. I'm going to assume all of the above. Yes. And here's the thing. When they go into that secret dimension we talked about where they get their gear, their Hitler youth costumes, Tracy knows the exact millisecond that they come out of that dimension because he pulls down this pull-down bed. So when they come down this slide out of this dimension. They fly off of it. They land right on that bed that he pulled out and bounced into the car. So I'm like, Tracy was timing this. He knew when they were going to come out. Did Tracy create this alternate dimension or did he have prior knowledge that he did not share with their fathers? There is some sort of conspiracy (laughs) going on with this ape. I don't know. Tracy knows more than he's letting on. He does. And I don't trust him. (laughs) okay so like you said in this episode they do find a tablet but what happens is the ghostbusters arrive in 2080 and they meet this woman futura who is um and i put this on my instagram if you go to slurt nerd on instagram is elvira stuck in the universe of uh jet set radio if you ever played that video game (laughs) that's exactly the mix you would get to make futura she is the ghostbustress of the future. That's how she describes herself. Luckily, she just happens to have a piece of this stone tablet that says, Find fathers and save the future. So Tracy, the monkey who knows everything and doesn't tell anybody, has this piece of equipment, is this tracer that traces another piece of this tablet. And this piece of the tablet is at Stonehenge. So then they go to Stonehenge. They're looking around there and things happen. But the the other piece of this thing just happens, even though they search for it for freaking ever, it just happens to be sitting right in the middle, just in the grass, right in the middle of all the stones. But freaking Sir Trancelot gets it first. 
and he grabs it and he disappears into a portal and Futura is like, he's going into the past. Why she knows this, I don't know. She's apparently in on it too. <laughs> There's a big conspiracy going on with Tracy and with Futura and she knew where they were going. So then they go into this portal and they go back to the time of Camelot where Merlin and King Arthur are there and they meet this really crappy wizard because <laughs> Merlin is is teaching some other wizards that are up and coming and there's this one that's terrible whose name I forgot and it doesn't even matter because the rock says your name doesn't matter and King Arthur's like yeah we're gonna send this really crappy wizard with you because I can't afford to lose Merlin Fuddy is the name of the crappy wizard and he steals Excalibur Buddy Buddy Fuddy with an F Putty. Fuddy 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 Buddy yeah. with an F steals Excalibur <laughs> because he thinks it'll be useful. But, you know, to be fair, King Arthur did send him off to his supposed <laughs> death. Pretty much a suicide mission. Yeah. So like, I think he has this, every right to do that. He's basically like, this wizard sucks and he's probably going to die. You should take <laughs> him with you. But, but that's it. The episode ends before they get anywhere. They're they're heading to Sir Trancelot's castle, and that's it. That's the yeah, end. We don't get to see what happens exactly. My question was, why Trancelot went back to the past? Why didn't he just go back to the future right? and deliver that item to Primeval? Yeah, that's it. Um, my only thoughts is that he's tired, and he wants to sleep in his own bed. So he goes back to where his castle is, which exists in the time of Camelot. They play with time in such a weird way in it this makes show. No it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. But Tracy you, and Futura, no. And what's weird is they can all see each other, too. The Ghostbusters can use the Skelevision to see everything that Prime Evil and his crew are doing. And then Prime Evil is just able to see what the Ghostbusters are doing at any time he wants to. So there's no secrets. Time is not an issue. They can go in any period of time. Why Primeval doesn't go back and just kill the Ghostbusters as children or something <laughs> is beyond me because he just wants revenge. I, I don't know. It's so strange. It's so convoluted. And normally time travel things really are. But in this case, they don't even care about like butterfly effect, anything. None of that matters. It's just we're going to go back <laughs> in time. And this next episode will actually go into that more because that is also has to do with time. I think literally every episode is some sort of weird time oh, yeah. travel event. Here's my question. Speaking of convoluted, why would anyone name their child Futura? Is it because she's from the future? <laughs> you don't know that when you're naming your freaking kid. Yeah, at that point, she's <laughs> Presenta. So I don't see why. I don't get either why it would be Futura. Exactly. If, if I had a kid and named it Futura, would we officially be living in the future? What happens when Futura gets old and dies? Would the future be no longer? It's not the future anymore? Would it be back to the present? I don't know. It makes no sense. <laughs> Primeval's Grandmaster plan made me laugh. His plan was to take over every year, year after year, until they control all of time. Genius. <laughs> Genius. Yes. He just wants yes. to take over every year. Makes no sense. But that's what he wants to do. Speaking of the bad guys, I'm pretty sure Batarat does meth. I listen to this guy and I'm like, there's no way. Like, Batarat, if they ever did a cartoon of Breaking Bad, Batarat would be like the sidekick. Forget Jesse Pinkman. 
Well, I don't know if there's much else to say about this episode. We kind of wrapped it up and we don't get to ever see what really happens at the end of that because we didn't watch the third episode, but we did jump over to the 24th episode because of the name Dynamite Dinosaurs, chosen by Chris because dinosaurs, dude. Dinosaurs. I I do have one more thing to say is that we find out that in this this last episode, Jake is kind of an asshole. (laughs) He's constantly yelling. I mean, just he's just a jerk, and he yells in every episode. And the the part that sealed the deal was when Fuddy revealed that he had Excalibur, and he's like, "Oh, I borrowed it." And it's like, you know what? You guys are going against a ghost. You need everything that you can have in your power. And Jake's over there yelling at him. He's like, uh, I thought only King Arthur was allowed to use Excalibur. (laughs) Like, this dude is doing you a favor. Like, how are you going to fight a medieval ghost without a magic sword? What a piece of shit. (laughs) And Eddie is also, his voice sounds a ton (laughs) like it was done by John DiMaggio. I kept hearing Jake, and then I kept hearing that voice and getting it mixed up with Adventure Time because that's exactly right. he sounds like Jake. From he Adventure does sound Time. like him. And man, like I cannot imagine like this dude voiced by the same guy that voices Optimus Prime. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound. It's you completely it. different. Like man, Peter Cullen is good at his craft. Yeah, because that doesn't make any sense to me. That does not sound like him at all. So in the last episode, Dynamite Dinosaurs Primeval brings back dinosaurs from the past to terrorize Earth. That's his plan this time. There's a dinosaur egg, and it's at a museum, and it's about to hatch, and the primeval sends someone to steal it, but he screws it up, and then the Ghostbusters get it and bring it back to the museum, and the museum curator, or whoever's in charge of this egg, even though he is basically an expert at dinosaurs and paleontology, is like, I don't know what dinosaurs eat! How am I going to feed it when it hatches? So he's an expert, you might say. He's an expert. So you know he's an expert. He doesn't know what dinosaur. I could tell you what a freaking dinosaur eats. This guy doesn't know. So he's like, uh, I don't know what to do with it. So the Ghostbusters are like, okay, we can go back in time because that's the thing we do, even though we're supposed to be fighting ghosts. And then they're like, we'll take this egg back to prehistoric times and get it to its mom. How they're going to figure out who is the mother of this egg, I don't know. Somehow they figure it out. But Prime Evil is also like, oh, I'm going to send some people um, back to this time also, specifically Mysteria, to gather an army of dinosaurs and bring it to the 1980s so I can use them to take over the world. Once that happens, she she gets the dinosaur that hatches. It's a Brontosaurus, and they name it Kiddo because they're dumb. Eddie thinks that's the best name ever. He's like, oh, what a great name. And Eddie is a moron. Eddie is the bumbling idiot to Jake's leadership. Like, (laughs) Jake is what keeps this team tied together. He's a jerk, though. He's a jerk, but he gets the job done. So Mysteria not only gets Kiddo and takes him to the 1980s, she also gets a few other dinosaurs. Like, she gets Kiddo's mom, a big brontosaurus, and she gets a T-Rex, and she gets a pterodactyl. And um, brings it to the 1980s. And then the Haunter, which Joseph mentioned earlier, who's the British ghost hunter thing, (laughs) tries to take control of these dinosaurs and do the bidding of Primeval. But Tracy the Ape thwarts his plan 
then the Ghostbusters end up sending the dinosaurs back to their own time. And is it just me, or is in this episode, Prime Evil is suddenly hissing like a cat, and he's snorting like a pig, and he's making (laughs) fart noises with his robotic mouth, because that's what it sounds like. A lot of characters in this cartoon stutter. I don't know if you picked up on that, but he's not the only one. Yeah, I mean, even the car, Ghost Buggy Jr., he always sounds like he's puttering. Like, he's just like... Yep. And so does the reporter, uh, Tracy? Really? No, Jessica. Yeah. I said the wrong name completely. (laughs) There's no Tracy. Tracy's the ape. Yeah. Jessica stutters in this episode itself, where she goes, um, We got him! cornered (laughs) and i'm like what was that intentional or did that just happen and they were just like whatever just that was the best take we got yeah (laughs) let's go with it we don't want to re-record we don't have that money i was just wondering why if something that primeval could do is go back in time and summon dinosaurs at his whimsy why didn't he do that before and what's stopping him from doing it in the future why is it just a one-time thing that he does And, like, his little minions are so dumb. They screw everything up. Yeah. Why doesn't he just go do it himself? And this is, is like, best of the best as far as these monster minions go that he has, apparently. And they are just... Yeah, she is probably the least stupid of all of his minions. I mean, she gets the job done that he assigned to her. I think it was just Primeval who's a poor leader and doesn't know how to utilize these dinosaurs when he finally gets them summoned. At first, I thought that she was just going to summon the Stegosaurus and the Brontosaurus. And I was like, well, that's not really an army. But then they get the T-Rex also. I'm like, okay, well, now the T-Rex is here, but he's just standing there. And then we see the Haunter use his monocle. They can also mes... Okay, so all the gadgets in this show are so weird, and they all do very specific things. Instead of the the guns that we see from the real Ghostbusters, we get these dematerializer guns that are supposed to send ghosts back to purgatory, but most of the time they either break or they don't work. So they're kind of useless. Yeah, we have this sticky goo that just holds them in place, which is basically just a giant thing of bubble gum. <laughs> and uh, the Haunter has his monocle that can take over the minds of people. Also, the Haunter's safari hat is can be used as a ship as well. It can grow into sort of a flying saucer, and that's what he uses to get around. And that's kind of indicative of the equipment in this show, the items in the show, how ridiculous they are. You know, I was going to say that, like we were talking about, Mysterious seems to be the least stupid minion Primeval does. Although he does tell her he needs an army. And by an army, she selects like four things. Yeah, she brings in like (laughs) three or four dinosaurs. And that's it. And then she's like, okay, I'm done. She disappears. And they start to destroy the Golden Gate Bridge. I don't know if it's because of laziness or if it's because she's that dumb. I don't know. I'm going to say after 24 episodes in that she's probably just lost faith in his leadership. So she's doing yeah, maybe bare she minimum. just doesn't care. Yeah. She's I think like, so. I fulfilled the minimum requirement to get paid in <laughs> yeah. ghost money and <laughs> ghost money, which yeah. is probably souls. Yeah. There are some really stupid quotes in this episode. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So, okay. When they're breaking down the golden gate bridge, yes. the brontosaurus mom, she holds up the bridge with just her back. And then, Somebody, I think Jake shouts, Jake wow. and Eddie at the same time. They're just like, wow, what a lady. 
Well, they 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 both at the exact same time say it's Mama Bronto. All <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like they both say exactly that at the same time before Jake says, "What a lady." And Jake. Okay, so please tell me you're gonna say the really big hearts quote. Yes. So he sends the dinosaurs back. He switches whatever sends them back in time to his wide angle view so he can capture the whole dinosaur. They were talking about dinosaurs having not being very intelligent, but they seemed intelligent when they came to. I don't see where they saw that intelligence at all. But (laughs) then Jake's quote was, they had very small brains, but very big hearts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. This is like that G.I. Joe thing, like, and now you know, and knowing is half the battle. And speaking of the G.I. Joe thing, there's basically a PSA at the end telling you that you need to love your mom. Oh, yeah. The best reward we can give our moms is to love them back. I guess that's a good lesson. It it is, but man, is that dangerously cheesy. Dangerously cheesy. (laughs) I think, Chris, that it's time we pull our inner kids out of the transformation ghost dimension before they screw with the controls. And see what they thought of Filmation's Ghostbusters. Sure thing. Let me pull out my ripoff Ghostbuster kid. This show is kind of cool because it reminds me of Scooby-Doo. The ghosts are cool, but they're kind of stupid. But they do have a big monkey who makes things and he eats banana sub sandwiches, which I want to eat. But they keep repeating the same things in every episode and it was kind of lame. I give this cartoon three bowls of ghost robot cereal out of five. And now I will go back in time for some reason and pass it on to Joseph. Honestly, I shouldn't like this show. It's dreadfully corny and many times, scratch that, all the time, opts to go for really cheap laughs over jokes with any substance at all. However, stepping off my high skeletal horse for a second, wasn't that what most cartoons in the 80s went for? Ninja Turtles, Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers, and even a couple of my favorites from Filmation line, Groovy Ghoulies and He-Man, extremely cheesy and overflowing with bad jokes. That said, I happen to really enjoy cheese and have a soft spot for anything with werewolves, ghosts, and assorted monsters. For those reasons, I would give this show three bowls of Let's Go Ghostbusters cereal out of five. So much fun, it's spooky. Somehow, I knew he'd feel that way once they rolled out the werewolves. I just saw those two kids high-five, and I'm ashamed of them. (laughs) But it's so much fun, it's spooky. Oh, God. Do you have any final thoughts as an adult person and not a dumb kid about this show? (laughs) Final thoughts. If I detach this from the Ghostbusters franchise, which it obviously is, if it was named something else, let's say, like, I don't know, Ghost Hunters or Time go. Crashers or something, anything, because it's really less about ghosts and more about just traveling in time. I think that I could have enjoyed this show, especially as a kid. I, I didn't understand the substance to jokes back then. So for what it was, it was really all cheesy jokes. And it almost seemed like there should have been a laugh track on it. I know it was filmation also, but I got a really heavy feeling of groovy ghoulies when I was watching this. Like, I feel like there should have been a crossover of some sort just in the substance of the jokes. And I think that Bratterat would have fit perfectly in the Groovy Ghoulies world. He just seemed like the clumsy, crazy type. So all in all, I think that, yeah, it's not a great show. But really, if we're looking back at the 80s around that time period, a lot of it was about that quality. So I'm not holding it against the show that it was a product of its time. 
And I guess for um, being something that they just pulled out of nowhere to capitalize off the Ghostbusters movie, I think it was okay. Yeah, I I think this cartoon was a little bit of a mess. And like the younger me said, it kept repeating the same stuff. Like that intro was so long. And in the middle of every episode, they repeated that same freaking like change scene that was almost a minute long, which is kind of a cop out, honestly. I mean, I've never seen another cartoon do anything that extensive. But nevertheless, it did remind me of the old Scooby-Doo kind of stuff. And it could have easily have been a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. They included a laugh track. I would have guessed it was Hanna-Barbera, honestly. Which, I mean, isn't necessarily good or bad. They had some good stuff and Hanna-Barbera had some really stupid stuff. But it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible at all. There was some stuff I liked. I really enjoy seeing a plethora of bad guys. I like having a big selection of bad guys. That's something, for whatever reason, I enjoy in any show or cartoon. And they did that here. And I think that is cool that they have all these different personalities and characters. That said, the good guys were kind of idiots. So I think three out of five, like my kid gave, is pretty fair. I stand by it. My kid did all right. Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. Next week, we'll be watching part two of our Ghostbusters tribute. The real Ghostbusters. For real this time. The ones that you want. And once again, I'm the real Joseph. And I'm the real Chris. And we'll see you. Next Saturday. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com. 